Thank you. So not only have we never done this live before, we three have never been in the same room before yesterday. So <laughs> at, at the, the same, same time. time. Right. Um, so this is interesting all around. This is more professional than our setup usually is. Um, but we do cool. usually have a pretty, uh, a pretty catchy theme song that leads in. So just imagine that you've just heard a really... God at comics. There it is, God yeah. comics. Uh, just imagine you heard that. So this is sort of like, I think we've been, this whole time we've been listening to people make their presentations, and they've been so, like, beautifully crafted and really deep and theologically rich. And we're like, I want to say, like, the court jesters <laughs> of this experience. Like, we will, you know... Um, we'll do our best. So, um, God and comics. So, uh, I'm Father Jonathan Michikan. Uh, I'm a, a Catholic priest uh, and a chaplain at a, a Catholic school in Katy, Texas, just outside of Houston. Uh, you guys want to introduce yourselves? Sure. Um, I, my name is Father Matthew Stromberg. I'm an Episcopal priest at St. George's Episcopal Church in the Diocese of Albany in, in Schenectady. Schenectady, the birthplace of Dr. Octopus. Look it up. Look it up. It's there on Wikipedia. <laughs> it must be true. And I'm Father Kyle Tomlin. I am the rector of uh, Church of the Messiah Episcopal Church uh, in Fredericksburg, Virginia, here in the diocese. Or well, not here. We're in, actually in Washington, D.C., but nearby in the Diocese of Virginia. Yeah. Great. So, and we started to do this podcast um, in, in 2015, and it really just came out of the three of us uh, had a tr just a tremendous love for comic books um, on all levels, really. I mean, we loved superheroes. We grew up with superheroes. We loved reading comics. Um, we loved nerding out on it. We love the medium of comics, the ability with which comics allow us to, to experience the world in a different sort of way uh, than you do really with anything else, I think. Um, and so that kind of led to, hey, can we do something with this? You know, what happens when you get three uh, priests together and, and have them discuss this kind of thing? And uh, what kind of has emerged out of it over the last couple of years has been, you know, we come in usually with a topic of some sort, um, friendship. Uh, we did one on uh, supervillains and the nature of evil, uh, which is probably the only time the Joker and Thomas Aquinas have been discussed in the same sentence. Um, you know, stuff like that, and it just kind of leads to interesting conversations. We've had the opportunity to have some wonderful guests in the process. Um, and we've weirdly grown over the last few years. I, I think um, the numbers, the last set of numbers we were given was that this time a year ago we had about 1,000 subscribers. Now we have over 3,000 subscribers. Um, and it just keeps growing. And I think that largely has to do with um, just the, the interest in this as a topic because so much of our, our common lexicon in a culture now uh, has reference points back to back to comic books. So even if you've never read a comic book, it's almost impossible in our pop culture landscape now to not have come across uh, comic book type properties uh, or, or ideas or heroes or figures in some way 
shape or form. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, and I think uh, you know the the interesting thing about comic books is that they are very much a reflection of what our culture thinks, what humans experience, what we struggle with, um, how we're trying to make some sense out of life. So it does afford us a good opportunity as a touchstone to kind of um, look at the human condition, as it were, through the lens of comic books and right. be able to uh, see how the gospel applies to that, how we can speak the gospel into that circumstance. Right. And, and, I, and I hasten to add, I mean, the influence of comic books recently, I mean, it goes beyond superheroes. Superheroes and the Marvel characters and stuff, that's a huge part of it. But I think people are discovering the flexibility of this medium for telling all kinds of stories. Um, and some people might not realize the Walking Dead series, that's based on a comic book. Um, mm -hmm. You can tell all kinds of stories in comics, and I think people are discovering that this is a rich uh, source of storytelling. Everything from here. superheroes to zombies. Yeah, That's yeah, I the mean, spectrum. Well, you know, I, I mean, you, you, you have very serious, like, memoirs and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and things like that yeah. as well. I mean. Uh, okay, so what we want to do in our, in our short time today is do kind of a miniature version of what we do on our show. Um, before I forget, uh, so... Uh, just for posterity's sake, you can find us online at godandcomics.com. You can find our show on iTunes. Um, there are lots of, you know, whatever your podcast uh, listening pleasure, you can usually find us there. We're on Facebook. Uh, we're on Twitter, all that kind of stuff. We do have some magnets out at our table, which you're, you're welcome to, to grab, uh, grab a couple of them uh, later on. We'd be happy for you to have those um, and to be in contact with us because we really enjoy the sort of community that's developed around the show uh, as well. Uh, but the topic we have chosen uh, is Gnosticism in comics because that fits easily into 20 minutes. <laughs> so, um, so, Father Kyle, in uh, two sentences or less, can you define the entirety of what Gnosticism is? Can I maybe have a couple more sentences? You can have exactly three-quarters of a third sentence. All right. I will give it my best shot. Um, I'm going to give you a long sentence then. Uh, Gnosticism is a uh, heresy that the early church had to deal with that came out of Greek thought. Um, the basic idea of Gnosticism is the idea that the material world is bad and the spirit world is good. And therefore, what human beings need to do is to uh, escape spiritually as a soul only your body when you arrive at death and fly off to some sort of celestial abode where um, some, some power greater than ourselves resides um, there's many complexities to Gnosticism, uh, but often there's, there's some sort of unknown God who uh, provides uh, secret knowledge that we can latch on to, and that secret knowledge becomes our entryway uh, out of this body into the spiritual realm. Very good. Thank you, you did that well. Thank you. That's the <laughs> basics. That's the basic. Okay, so this is, this is an idea that... that, that First of all, I mean, it's a perennial heresy. It shows up all over the place in, in culture, probably at all periods in time. Um, it shows up all over pop culture, and it shows up a lot in comic books, especially that body-soul dualism and that idea of a secret knowledge that will somehow unlock the world. So what's a good example of that? Father Matt, what's a good example 
uh, from comics or comic-related stuff of Gnosticism? Well, I, I think an excellent example and a very explicit example um, comes from... This is a family uh, show, Father Matt. Oh, well. It's a family show. <laughs> <laughs> comes from Grant, Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison's one of my favorite comic book uh, writers. I mean, he's written... A lot of people have probably read his, his Batman stuff, his Superman stuff. Um, but Peak Morrison is... The Invisibles, that was published by 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 Vertigo, and this is really um, an explicitly Gnostic uh, storyline. Uh, um, I think Grant Morrison describes himself as a Gnostic. I mean, it, it, he I, I've I've heard him talk about this, um, you you know, this Gnostic kind of experience that he's had, this mystical experience that informed his work and inspired this book. Uh, the Invisibles. Now, the Invisibles are are basically like this um, kind of motley crew of uh, misfits and and you know counterculture figures. It's very much influenced by you know the psychedelic drug culture and everything like that, punk rock. Um, but they're they're this invisible uh, resistant movement, and they're fighting against um, these enemies called the. Archons of the Outer Church. Uh, I mean, this is explicitly Gnostic language, right? What, what are the Archons? In, in, in Gnosticism, the Archons are sort of the servants of the uh, Demiurge. Uh, the Demiurge is the evil or incompetent, misguided, blind creator god of the universe. And these Archons are the, the powers uh, that, that, that enslave and oppress uh, humanity. Um, and so the, the invisibles are in this battle uh, against these archons of the outer church. And the outer church, it's not explicitly uh, has to do with, you know, like the Catholic church or, or anything like that. It has to do with any force for, like, authority in, in the world, like so magistrates, uh, politicians, police officers, teachers, these are the agents of the archons of the outer church. And so the invisibles are sort of these yeah. anti-authority, like uh, rebellious figures trying to, trying to liberate humanity. Um, and it's a fascinating example of, of, of Gnosticism because it shows the spiritual roots of, of this mentality in our, in our culture uh, of the... Um, of the individual unfettered by any sort of outward restraint. You know, I get, I get to choose who I am. You know, I get to, uh, you know, uh, determine my own destiny. And any force outside of me, any authority system that says, you do this, you do that, well, they're the servants of the, the oppressive world system, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so this, this is really upfront and in-your-face Gnosticism in, in comic books. Um, I mean, a, f a fun read, nevertheless, for, yeah. for comic book fans, but uh, a very striking example. I mean, you never see, like, you, you would never see, like, a book about how, like, the order and the ones in authority are really great and everything <laughs> works really well, right? Like, you know, how is, your, how is the structure of your authority working? Fantastic, you know, everything, the roads are great, the mail arrives on time, everything is great. That would be a really short-lived book. 
No, it, 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 would, it, would, it would be, and it would probably be untrue to our experience. Yeah. I mean, although the powers that be are, 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 are given their authority and power by God, I mean, there is this sense in which um, the powers have gone dangerously astray. Um, rather than just rebelling against that, I think, you know, Orthodox Christians are trying to redeem the world and uh, recall mm -hmm. the powers back to their original purpose as servants of God. Yeah, absolutely. Father Kyle, you, you have an example as well? or Yeah, I, I'm, one of the things that's become a, a sort of common trope in comic books today is the death of a hero and the resurrection of a hero. This, yeah. um, ever since the death of Superman storyline back in 1993 in DC Comics, um, it seems like every other hero now dies and gets resurrected <laughs> and almost inevitably when they die they seem to get this detached soul that flies off to some place the body gets shed um, right. you know they're inhabiting some other land it's happened to Batman he got zapped by Darkseid in, in Grant Morrison again in Grant Morrison's uh, Death of Batman storyline and flew off to the Omega Point and had to sort of struggle his way back through history to uh, to his body. Spider-Man has died and had his soul replaced by the soul of Dr. Octopus from Schenectady, New York. <laughs> um, but over and over again, those sort of death storylines that we see have this very uh, Gnostic split in them that, that, you know, there's some ephemeral place that the soul is going to fly off to and just get rid of the body. Yeah, and that, I mean, we, there are so many examples of that. I mean, the list of characters at this point who have not died and come back yeah. is much <laughs> shorter than the list of ones who have. That's true. Um, so the, the, the thing that came to mind for me is there are a lot of storylines that involve somebody taking over someone's body, you know, or somebody switching bodies with somebody else. Um, as if the body is just completely incidental, a receptacle, right? To yeah, right. to the who the person is, um, and I mean, you know, you don't have to go to comic books for that. It's all over, right? Like Freaky Friday, like that's you know. Right. Um, so <laughs> like the most recent example I thought of, and this is this is not a comic book, but comic book derived uh, uh, thing, um, was the third season of the show Supergirl. Um, if any of you saw that. Um, where she's facing this like world killer figure who is also uh, a friend of hers uh, and has and this person like has no idea that she is also and so it's, there's almost like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of thing that's going on except as they explore it you find out they're two completely separate people who just happen to live in the same body and then they, they end up having to like fight each other within the body um, and uh, you know, and the whole the whole thing becomes very mechanical. Like, how do we fix this? It was really interesting to watch, but it's also very mechanical. Like, how do we fix it? Where is the science that like helps us to to figure out? You know, they're looking for like chemicals or alien weaponry or anything that will like fix the situation in a technical way. When the problem, it seemed like to me, was much more of a spiritual problem mm -hmm. if you will of this kind of weirdness of there being two where there ought to be one mm -hmm. you know yeah. so anyhow those are the examples that was the main example i thought of so here's the question then gentlemen 
I'm also, we're also not used to like being in a row like this. Like usually we're looking at each other. Feels very so official. I feel like, you know, when you guys are talking, like I'm like, <laughs> you know. Um, but so the question is, what should a Christian response to this look like? Like how should, when we interact with storylines that have a heavy Gnostic bend to them, you know, I don't think the reaction should be just to, like, like I didn't, you know, once I recognized that in Supergirl season three, I wasn't like, well, psh, that's it. I'm not watching the rest of this. Of course not. Right. You know, so like what should the reaction be? How should we process that? Well, I, you know, it, it, it's fascinating to me that, um, you know, here we, we read back in these, uh, about these ancient heresies, Gnosticism, and their proliferation of myths. And, and you know, um, in, in Gnosticism, there's this pleroma, uh, this divine fullness and then there's all these eons and there's there's any number of systems that give names and identities to these eons and it's it's all it feels a whole lot like the kind of uh myth making and uh speculation uh and just sort of fantasy that goes into you know writing science fiction writing comic books creating imaginative worlds like you know Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings except the, the, that spiritual impulse, I think, in our culture has found its outlet in the realm of fantasy, in the realm of comic books. Um, this is the place where people go to, you know, create myths and to struggle with questions of truth and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and things like that. It's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the, you know, the comic books and, and, and fantasy literature. Um, so... As as Christians, I think we sh- we should be leaning into that capacity for for these genres, you know, as as a, as an avenue for exploring uh, spiritual truth. I mean, we see it done, um, you know, with Gnosticism here. But um, you know, if you listen to our podcast, you see that you know, incidentally or rather purposely, or you know, uh, by by you know. God's providence, we find um, spiritual truths, you know, hidden and embedded in these in these comic book stories. So um, we, we should very much use this medium and and, um, and 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 these figures, these you know, larger than life characters, as a way of exploring truth. And um, a, a, as Christians, uh, you know, we could create, uh, you know. Uh, the kind of comic books, the kind of stories that um, that baptize the imagination in the way that that C.S. Lewis's fiction does, in the yeah. way that Tolkien's does, that that mm-hmm. draw people uh, into into uh, you know the truths of Orthodox Christianity. Yeah, no, that's interesting because it, occasionally we get. Well, I don't know if you guys could ask this, but I see this on on the social media or in the email sometimes about whether or not we deal with Christian comics because of course that is a thing that exists like there are like explicitly Christian comics and we really haven't and because most of them are really bad well <laughs> I was going to say that in a much more politic way but we can't edit but uh, yeah I, you know I think the issue is not that because we would love to see and and we yes. have some right like we had Brian Glass on the show that do, who does a oh, yeah fantastic book called Mice Templar. If you do nothing else, you get nothing else from this talk, go and read the Mice Templar because it is 
every bit in my mind it is like the lord of the rings For level of quality like yeah. it's that like amazing sort of epic journey uh kind of a book and he's an orthodox christian and he sort of talked about that some but um you know so i'd love to see more christians making comics but i think there is often this explicit you know we're going to be christians who are making comics or christians who are making whatever and it becomes more like we're going to hit you with that yeah. than it is about the, the thing itself. Whereas what you're talking about is kind of mining what exists. And what, what I would love to, to see is some way of expressing um, in comics or in some other medium the, the, the integrated whole of the person, right? Mm -hmm. Like that would be the antidote to it. Like, you know, if you had a storyline that was all about how you are your body and your soul, yeah. you know, or about how like you, you do this long search for secret knowledge only to discover that it wasn't secret after all, <laughs> you know? Um, and I can't think of an example of anything that really does that, but I don't know. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, on, on an apologetics level, mm -hmm. when it comes to, to talking with the public about the Christian faith, I think so much of it has to do with um, with being able to affirm what we affirm in the creed, and that is that God created us, and in creating us, he created us body and soul. Yeah. Um, he didn't just create a soul that, that happened to inhabit a bad body, right? Um, mm -hmm. The things are broken after the fall, but we need, to, we need to affirm that good beginning, that God made the whole person and desires the whole person to be saved, the whole person to be rescued, which gets down to the bottom part of the creed where we affirm our belief in the resurrection of the body. Uh, I once had a parishioner um, during a study of the creed say to me after, we, after I read that line, I believe in the resurrection of the body, say, well, we don't really believe that, do we? And she said, I've been in my church, I've, I've been in church for 75 years now and I've never heard anybody talk about a resurrection of the body. Um, mm -hmm. She only heard, I'll fly away to heaven someday, and that'll be it, which is Gnosticism um, on a certain level. So, it's a catchy hymn, though. It's a catchy hymn. It's yeah. catchy. <laughs> so, so I think it, it's that affirmation that, that God created us as a, a body and a soul and seeks to redeem us as a body and a soul and has redeemed us in Christ as a body and a soul. You know, and, and, and here we are talking about, you know, uh, engaging with ideas in a very abstract way. But um, there's so m much great art, including comic books, that's just a celebration of God's good creation, mm -hmm. of all the things that make life worth living, of family, of, 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 of you know, church and, and, and career and, 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 you know, art and, and music. Um, art that celebrates uh, the goodness of things in that mm -hmm. way. Um, is in itself uh, a response to Gnosticism. Um, so, so, so many times, I, I think, when we're, when we're talking about Christianity and defending Christianity, uh, we get hung up on ideas. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's a profoundly Christian thing to just enjoy God's creation in the way that he intended it to be enjoyed mm -hmm. and celebrated. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, some of the prayers that we began are... are, are our, our day with here at Doxicon, um, 
you know, were just, uh, I, I found myself very moved by them, just the way that they celebrated life and celebrated uh, creation. And that's a profoundly Christian thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, as I'm, as I'm sitting here thinking about this, um, anything that legitimately celebrates the goodness of the body is probably moving in the right direction as long as what it's actually celebrating is the goodness of the body and not... So, you know, like, comics often get criticized for the way that they portray bodies, Hmm. right? Um, uh, Especially the way female bodies tend to be portrayed in superhero comics over the years. Uh, And there's, like, over-sexualization. There's also, like, the over... Just ridiculous, like, even with the male figure, you know, like, doesn't look like a human. Um... Nobody's that buff. <laughs> Nobody has Except that Except Father Matt. Father Matt. Say not the three of us sitting here at this table. Um, but uh, one of the things that has been shifting, I think, in comics in the last six or eight years has been that portrayal of, of bodies, mm. you know? Um, you see more, especially with female characters, you see more female characters. And I'm not saying the problem is solved by any stretch. <laughs> but you do see more female characters who look like heroic when they're being heroes and not like they're just taking a sexy pose, you know. And real um, people. And real people and experiences of, you know, um, characters who... Uh, who go through things with their bodies, who age, who get sick. Who have who children? Have children, um, all of all of that kind of stuff, and and it's one of the things that I actually think that comics as a medium can be a helpful uh, piece with because of the way that it combines imagery with the writing, um, that it, it's it's delivering it to you on another level. The appreciation of the body that comes through is on a different level than it would be um, if it was uh, a novel or even a film. Because it's just that that kind of mixture. I often do this. I I grind the conversation to a halt. <laughs> you guys are like, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> thoughts? Other thoughts? No. Okay. No. Well, that's fine because. Uh, one of the other things that we like to do in our show, so usually the structure of our show is that we, we usually start out with a recommendation of some sort, then we have a conversation like we've just had, um, and then we usually end with something that we call this or that. Um, and this or that is basically, um, it's like, you know, Coke or Pepsi, uh, blue or gray, you know, whatever, like... Um, Wolverine or Batman, it doesn't matter. Um, Sometimes they're comic-related, sometimes they're theological, sometimes they're completely ridiculous. Um, A lot of them have involved a 57 Chevy for some reason. I don't really know. Um, And uh, and then that usually leads to some interesting conversations. So um, today we thought that we would do a lightning this or that, and at some point we're going to need some audience participation uh, to really make this fly. I, I think, think that's a great idea. Okay. I, I do too. And so, we also have a catchy theme song for this or that. This in or that. Our show. This or that. Come, Come on, everybody. Let's this or that. Okay. Huh? Uh, this or that. This or that. Come on, everybody. Let's this or that. Huh? 
Yeah. <laughs> Our friend Father Paul Wheatley does the theme song, and the theme song is like more popular than the show is. Probably. Anytime I go to something, they're like, oh, we love that theme song. And then I, I spoke at a conference like two years ago, and Father Paul actually showed up, and he was there. And as soon as they found out he was there, they stopped talking to me and like went over and started talking to him like he was a rock star. It was amazing. Um, okay, so I've, I've got a few here, and then I don't know if you guys have any off the top of your head that you oh want my. to do. Let's start with the ones I've got. Okay, so, gentlemen, Marvel Unlimited or DC Universe? So you're gonna have, we're going to have to explain what those are first. Yes, I'll, I'll answer it. Yeah. Um, so Marvel Unlimited is a, an app that Marvel has provided that's a digital library of, of most of the comics that Marvel has published over the course of its uh, existence. Um, it's a wonderful resource if you're looking to get into comic books. Uh, it costs about $70 a year or, or about $10 a month, um, and you get to read all the comic books you want to read if you have a, a digital device and want to do mm -hmm. it that way. It's a good way to do it. DC Unlimited is D DC's long-awaited response to Marvel Unlimited, which had been around for a decade. Uh, DC Unlimited took oh, the same... DC Universe, I think. Or I DC think Universe. It's DC yeah, Universe, yeah. yes. Sorry. Okay. They have limits. D they have <laughs> limits. They do have limits, actually. Um, yeah, so they, they took the same idea, and they're putting up comic books from their long history that you can read in digital format, but they're also offering... Um, almost every single cartoon that DC has ever published going all the way back to that wonderful 1970s Super Friend cartoon that I grew up on. And a lot of the and TV shows A lot well. of the TV movies shows and, and yeah. movies. So you get a lot more for your money. Uh, an original series. Universe. An original, original they series. Just start, I mean, it's a little soon to judge how great it's going to be, but... Their limit is that they take away some comics, unlike Marvel. Oh Unlimited. no, really? Okay. Yeah. I haven't. They, see, I haven't tried DC Universe they, yet. So. They give them to you for a short period of time, and then they'll announce next week all these issues are going oh, off for a little that's while. That's messed so up. All right, you got to read fast. Um, <laughs> but so, what do you think? What's the answer? Which one's better? I'm actually going to say DC Universe at this point in time, just because okay. I I think that one I'm a little more loyal to DC Comics than I am to Marvel Comics. Um, but also, I think that offering the movies and the TV shows and the original content mm -hmm. um, has just made it a more worthwhile purchase. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun thus can, far. Can I just add to this, too? Like, I think one of our goals has always been with this show that we want to, we want to share the love of God with people and we want to share a love of comics. <laughs> and so we try to, even though we could easily nerd out about either of those things, um, we try to always kind of come back up to a level where people can, can come in wherever they're at. Um, and so, like, if you have never read a comic book or if you, you know, it's hard to figure out how to get into these things, especially these superhero books that have been going for 75 years. And you go, well, how do I, you know, it's like trying to start watching General Hospital or something, you know. It's just <laughs> impossible to, like, get in. Um, uh, we, we, we try to, through the show, help people to find little hookways in. It's one of the reasons why we do recommendations, like to find a, find a way into the medium. I often find in conversation with people, uh, if I know, because comics are so wide now, if I know what you're into otherwise, I say, what, do you, what do you like to read? What do you like to watch? I can generally find a comic book that, that matches that. Um, there's stuff on American history now. 
Um, there's romance, there's comedy, there's a lot of independent stuff. A lot of monsters, my friend in the back there, a lot of monster <laughs> comics. Um, so, yeah. Did you, do you have an opinion, Father Matt, on the... Well, well I, 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 I've been contemplating this as you've been talking. And, I, you know, I, I love Marvel Unlimited because it is unlimited and because there's just such a wide spectrum. But I watched, since in the couple months since DC Universe has been out, um, I enjoy it with my kids mm. um, because they have all the cartoons on there. And I have a little boy and a little girl that love superheroes. So um, if I had to cancel one, I was thinking it, oh, it, would, be, it would be like Sophie's Choice. But, <laughs> but, but I'd probably go with, uh, with, with, uh, with Marvel Unlimited only because, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy DC Universe with the kids so much. Uh, that, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to imagine what a comic of Sophie's Choice would be like. Now. <laughs> that would be a weird comic. Um, okay. Second one, inspired by our, our keynote this morning, uh, Monster Squad or the Monster Mash? <laughs> Father Matt? What is the Monster Squad? What? <laughs> I was going to ask the same question. You guys don't so know you... Monster Squad? What's no. Monster Squad? Oh, man. Somebody help me. Does you all, anybody know Monster Squad? The movie Monster Squad? Seriously? Yeah, it's from the 80s. All these kids like get together and they have to like fight against all these monsters that su like suddenly appear and wow. Um, I'm going to have to kick the wolf man in the, you know. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with a third option okay. and say the Transylvania Twist. The Transylvania Twist. Okay. All right. Father Kyle, I'll go you have with an the opinion. Monster Mash because I know because that. Because that's the one you know. That's right. Okay. I can't believe I stumped the room with Monster Squad. Monsters. It's an obscure reference. You stumped everything we do. You is stumped an a reference. room full of geeks. I that's know. How geeky you are. I know. I know. I know. All right. Um, for this next one, I would like a volunteer from the audience. Volunteer. For this or that. For this or that. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That is very that is a good. <laughs> what she says, she Wonder, said, Wonder Woman. Woman or Jessica Jones? Well, okay, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you take that. that one. Yeah, because I, I, Wonder Woman is my favorite hero of all time. I love Wonder Woman. It's hard to choose between Wonder Woman and Green Lantern because I have great love for both of them. But, um, but I do love Jessica Jones. She is fantastic. Um, I think I still have to go with Wonder Woman. I make the argument that Wonder Woman is actually the most sort of um, religiously grounded hero um, because she actually like has a faith of sorts that she wrestles with in order to make decisions. Um, so from even from that perspective, I just find her to be a really interesting character and lots of like contradictions that come to life in her. Like she's um, you know, uh, she's a peacemaking warrior. How does that work? You know, like, um, she is a, a symbol of, of, uh, independence, uh, and is often bound. Uh, she, you know, has, lives in this place that nobody can find that's imaginary, but has a lasso of truth. 
Like there's all these kinds yeah, of yeah. things that come together in her. So I've, I've got to go with Wonder Woman. But Jessica Jones is, is awesome. I love Jessica Jones. Yeah, I, I mean, Wonder Woman has a longer history. She's more iconic. I love mm-hmm. Jessica Jones. And, and, I mean, and if if you enjoy the Netflix television show, I mean, her her book Alias, which was yeah. the original run, was just phenomenal. And, and um, really but, good. But um, yeah, she she uh, Wonder Woman has more of that positivity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and hope, as opposed to Jessica Jones, who you know she's a uh, she's a a smart mouth cynic. We love her for that, but um, yeah, she's not exactly a beacon of hope. <laughs> the, the, incidentally, the creator of Jessica Jones is now writing Superman. So yes, yes, Bri- uh, Brian Michael. In, that's an interesting kind of connecting point. Would you say? Um, I say Wonder Woman for okay. the very base reason, Linda Carter. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but also Gal Gadot. I well, mean, yes. She's no, family she's no show, gentlemen. Either. It's a family show. <laughs> family show. Okay. I need another volunteer, and I've got one for you to give to you. So who wants to do one I've got for you? Nobody wants this. I oh, swear on, there's no obscure movie references in it. Really? Here, I'm gonna here we go. Here we go. I, I have. I work with teenagers, so I will pick somebody. <laughs> yes. You ready? All yeah, right. Come on, come on up, because you need to get into the microphone here. I think. That's true. <laughs> Let me see what. Mattathias Westwood. Mattathias, it's nice to meet you. Good to meet you as well. Welcome to the show. Wonderful. Glad to be here. Where are you from? I'm from Utah. I feel like I'm doing like a call-in now. <laughs> First time caller. Um, so, first time listener. First time listener. Oh, fantastic. Um, flying or mind reading? Mind reading. Mind reading. Why mind reading? Um, it's, it's definitely the more dangerous power. You uh-huh. might not want to know what people are thinking. I was going to say that. Okay. <laughs> but I do think it's ultimately the more beneficial and useful. Beneficial and useful. What are you yeah. going to use this for? Yeah. <laughs> to, to understand. Oh, okay. The, the human... Not to like take people's PIN numbers for their no. debit cards, <laughs> or stuff like that. Okay. Well, that's a good argument. What do you guys think? I, 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 I'd have to say flying for the reason Matthias said. I, I don't want to know what people are thinking. <laughs> um, you know, I hear too much about what people are thinking. Sometimes I'd rather they didn't share. And <laughs> flying, flying, on the other hand, would be a tremendous thrill. And, I mean, who hasn't dreamt of flying? I, sometimes I wish I could just, you know, I have to catch a plane back to Schenectady. It would be great if I could just be like, well, see you all. I know. Up, up, be, and away. It would be cheaper. I, you know, it would be cheaper. <laughs> I, I love the idea of flying, but I feel like the reality of it would not nearly be as fun as it looks like. You know, like I mean, I like we grew up with the Christopher Reeves uh, Superman films, and you know, seeing him flying with Lois Lane, and it's all beautiful and stuff. Like in reality, it would be cold. There'd be bugs in your teeth. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Well, there's that Five for Fighting song about Superman where it says. I can't stand to fly. I'm not that naive. That's right. And that's in yeah. my head now. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. Um, did you do? Did you no, I would, I would go with flying only for the sheer fact. I mean, neither option's a good option. But uh, 
<laughs> for the sheer fact that I've got too many thoughts in my own head, I don't need other people's thoughts in my head. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. All right, we'll take one more from the room if there's one more that anybody has in the She's room. Got one yes. Good question. Graphic novels versus serialized comics. Graphic novels versus serialized comics. Well, um, so when you say graphic novels, are you excluding from that trade paperbacks? Of, because, of course, you know, like... I'm, I'm talking things that are published as a novel. Things that are published okay. Really, even if they're combined together. Okay. Like, you know, like Batman and Superman. Huh. For me, it would probably be serialized just because that's what I, what I read the most. Although I read it, I tend to read it in trade format more often yeah. than I read it issue by issue because um, I fall in love with characters and want to kind of see them continue to develop. But I do love graphic novels done for their own sake. It would really, it's almost like you'd have to have two of them next to each other to sort of figure it out. But I don't know. What What do you think, Father? I, I, I prefer in the graphic novel form, only or, or the trade paperback, only because you know sometimes the story when it's serialized, um, I forget what's going on month to month, and I pick up the next issue and I'm like, who is that? You know, and sometimes sometimes these creators like you know take a long time to put it out, and it's more like right. you know once every two months. So I. I, one of the things I like about graphic novels or even this Marvel Unlimited thing, you could read a bunch of them just in a row and it had, you get that continuity but to I, it. But I think she's saying like, like an actual graphic, like something like Persepolis or Mouse oh, yeah. versus you know, Wonder Woman or yeah, Batman trade, or something. Trades would fall in the serialized comic book category. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah then then I'd, I'd probably go with the serialized be, only because most of the most beloved... Mm -hmm. Characters uh, are, 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 you know, are, are found in the, you yeah. know, the weekly. But we do. Thing. We've done whole shows on graphic, like individual graphic novels. Yeah, it's a hard. Um, it's a hard call. It's a know, hard call. It is. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah I mean, there's, there's. I mean, the, the the literary quality of of the graphic novel tends to be a lot higher. <laughs> um, but, you know, mm -hmm. how are you gonna how are you gonna top Batman? <laughs> I mean, you're not. <laughs> so, I don't know. I say serialized comics only for the sheer fact of nostalgia. That's what I've been collecting for 40 years. So, I, and, and I've got um, two bedrooms filled with comic book boxes under my bed to prove that, that don't necessarily throw my wife. But, um, but yes, <laughs> I enjoy, I still enjoy that medium. I like the excitement of every month knowing that I go to the store and there's something it's, there and the next part of the story is ready to take place. It's true. I, I stayed at Father Kyle's house on Thursday night and, uh, you know, I go into the guest bedroom and the bed is like this high. And I'm like, why is it so high off the ground? He's like, all my comic books are under the bed. There. <laughs> we had to jack the bed up to fit the boxes. Under. It was very funny. Yeah, okay. So... Um, at this point, I'd love to open up for some questions and some conversation. We can talk about, uh, if we want to go back to talking about Gnosticism in comics, we can do that. If you want to talk about other comic stuff, um, if you want to just, you know, talk about how epically awesome Father Kyle's beard is, <laughs> I'm always open to that conversation. So, although it's not at its peak. No, it's not it's at its not, peak. No, he no. gets mistaken for a rabbi from time to time. He'll get it, like, real long. Very and, true. That yeah. is true. So, but yeah, you had a question? Yeah. 
How long have you guys been doing this, and how did the three of you originally hook up? So he says, how long have we been doing this, and, and how did we all meet? How did we all get together and, 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 and do this first? So, I'll tell the story. Um, so, uh, Picture I, it, Sicily. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Father Jonathan and I both used to serve in the Episcopal Diocese of Pennsylvania, and uh, we met through a mutual friend. And uh, we got together for lunch, and after lunch, I took Father Jonathan on a tour of my house, my parsonage, and uh, I had a third-story room that was my man cave devoted to all my comic books. And, um, and I showed him that room, and he climate said... Climate control. Climate control. And he said, that, uh, he said that he had read comic books in the past and uh, seemed to express some interest, and shortly thereafter, he began asking me how he could get back into comic books. So um, I helped him back into that process. And then he and I started to talk about um, potentially doing either a YouTube video series. That was one of the first things we talked about. Mm -hmm. or doing a podcast. And then yeah. I had met Father Matt because the two of us go, went to the same seminary, although at different times. And we discovered Father Matt had a love for comic books as well and wanted to pull him in. So. We've now been doing this, uh, we're starting our fifth season, but it's been four years, right, mm -hmm. that we've been yeah, doing Yeah, we started this. in 2015, right, at the beginning of 2015. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I was basically like a parishioner. Yeah, he was one of my parishioners. Uh, uh, of, 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 of Father Jonathan's, back when he was an Episcopal priest. Uh, I, 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 I met him at a Lenten series um, that, that, that he was putting on, and, and we, we stayed in touch, um, and I invited Father Jonathan to preach at my ordination at Christ Church Cooperstown when I was, became a priest. And uh, well, he came out for that and he said, um, you love comics. I, 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 my friend uh, Father Kyle and I are talking about this, this uh, starting a podcast called God and Comics. And we were, we were wondering if you'd be interested in being a part of that. And of course, I absolutely did. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things that really like once the idea came out of all of our mouths, it was like so obvious that this is what we should be doing, you know? Yeah. 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 And we have, a, we have a lost YouTube video. Father Jonathan and I, I did still a have test it run somewhere. driving from Jay and Silent Bob's secret stash in Red Bank, New Jersey, back to yeah. our places in Philadelphia. Yeah. We filmed it. We, that we, was our we, pilgrimage. We have a question over yeah. here. Right. So I was wondering, what would be the inevitable outcome of, what are the inevitable outcomes of Gnosticism in terms of how does it get expressed in the real world when you start separating oh, yeah. spirit and body? Yeah. Well, he, he asks, he asks what, are the, what are the inevitable outcomes of, of Gnosticism? Once you, once you start with this dangerous idea, where does it lead? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think... There, you, you see a lot of dangerous um, stuff that can come out of it. I mean, first of all, uh, you know, if you look at kind of ancient Gnosticism, um, the, the Gnostics tended to fall into two extreme camps. And so they would, because they thought, well, the body doesn't matter that much, right? And so they would either become these sort of extreme ascetics where they were just kind of 
you know, not helpfully denying their body, like, you know, with fasting during Lent or something like that, but like just hurting themselves on purpose. Uh, or they would become extreme hedonists and say, well, it doesn't matter, so we'll just do anything that we care about. You know, it doesn't matter because our bodies are going away anyway. Um, I, I don't think it's hard to look around the world today and yeah. see those two reactions still yeah. existing. Yes. Um, it comes out in the way that we think about the planet. I, I see a lot of this even in a lot of Christians today who will talk about creation as if, you know, as if like like this like rapture theology. Yeah. Um, this whole idea that we're all just going to be like sucked up into heaven at some point, you know. Right. And so it makes it, it makes you. It's, it's almost like. Um, like that scene in Mad Men where they go to the park and then when they're done they just throw all their cans and stuff. You know? <laughs> like, because who cares? And you know, everything's going away anyway, and so it doesn't matter. You know, there's that kind of attitude that comes out as well. Um, I think a lot of, and and then the other piece of it is this whole I- idea of secret knowledge yeah. makes people very, if you buy into that, very susceptible to anybody who comes along who says, I've got the secret, you know? And there's also a danger of, like, elitism, right? I mean, St. Paul has to deal with this, you know, in in the church. There are those who are, he's a knowledge, so-called knowledge, so-called gnosis, puffeth up. You know, it, 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 it inflates the ego. And I think this is kind of the attraction of Gnosticism in a lot of ways, too, because it says, you know, I'm in on the secret uh, that that yeah. nobody else has, and this makes me some sort of spiritual superhero, or it sets me apart uh, from from you know my my brothers and sisters in Christ, because um, there's you know the fleshly ignorant folks, and then there's me, right, right. the enlightened one. And for 1995 <laughs> plus shipping and handling, I right. would be happy to share. You know, because I mean, because on the one hand, people would say, well, isn't that what you say as Christians that you have the secret? And it's like, no, man, like, because it's not a secret. I mean, yeah, I can point to where the source of life is, but, like, it's not hidden. I don't have to, I mean, it's hidden in the sense that we have to see it with eyes of faith. And, but there's no, like, um, there's nothing that you have to give me in order for me to, like, unlock that for you. It's, it's just there. It's a gift. It's great. Whereas, you know, half the books that you find in, in both religious and uh, mm. sort of the psychological self-help world today are all that appealing to that secret knowledge idea mm. of here's the 10 steps you need to have a successful life. Here's right, the, you right. know, 15 things you need to do to be right with God today. Um, that's all that, that I, I live thing now, that dangerously goes. I live about 20, 25 minutes, or if there's traffic, which there always is in Houston, an hour, uh, away from where Lakewood Church is, which is, of course, the biggest, one of the biggest churches in America. It's where Joel Osteen is the pastor. They have many tens of thousands of people on, on, a, on a Sunday. Um, he has a book called Every Day of Friday, which is supposed to, like, if you buy his book, it'll unlock for you the secret of how you can make every day feel like a Friday. Like Good Friday? Well, that's always my reaction. <laughs> I'm like, if they called the book Every Day a Good Friday, then it would... I yeah, would say, I, hey, could get, I could get it down Thanks for that. stealing my punchline, though. I, <laughs> Sorry, I, I had no idea. All that buildup and straight out from under me, you know? Oh, I'm sorry. I had secret knowledge. I wanted to impart... <laughs> Well, you know, if if ever I'm tempted to think that like my 
you know, my master divinity degree or whatever makes me somehow a better Christian. You know, I just, uh, I just think about, well, you know, there's, there's, there's some person there who uh, it, it was born with extreme, uh, you know, mental uh, impairment or, or there's someone who was born deaf, dumb, and blind and is never, there, it very, every bit as much yeah. the recipient of God's grace as I am. Yeah. Um, they might not. They might not be able to, you know, explain in eloquent terms the secrets of the universe. But, but, but Christ died for them and loved them just the same. It's not. Yeah. It's not our 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 knowledge that saves us, but God's grace mm -hmm. given to us freely in Jesus Christ. Yep. And in this sort of sacramental view, where these things come to us, right? So a person who is, it's like, why do you baptize babies? Because they don't have the knowledge yet right. to blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's not about their knowledge. It's about That's what right. God is doing to them, with them, and in them. Absolutely. Anyhow, that was a good preacher question to ask. We get a lot of stuff. So one more. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Would you say that that contributes to or is related to that kind of Gnostic mind-body dualism? And if so, how would you deal with something mm. or approach something so proudly? So the, the question, let me try to repeat it. So given how uh, so many uh, superheroes uh, gain their miraculous powers through some kind of accident or, uh, or, or freak occurrence that happens to the body, does that contribute to a kind of uh, mind-body dualism? Is that what you're asking? Um, I, 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 I would say actually the opposite yeah. because, uh, you know, he, here we are, um, um, you know, these, these, these uh, characters, you know, uh, are very much affected by what happens to their body. Um, and, and the choices that they make with their body matters. The things that happen to their body matters. They could de de determine the course of their life. I mean, um, you know, uh, um, what I do with my body, whether I, I, I go to an opium den or I go to mass, that matters. <laughs> you know, I, I mean... Are you living in the 19th century? <laughs> I would get, oh, okay, a, a crack house, a crack house. <laughs> it seemed a little more sophisticated to say opium than that. But no, I, I mean, like but, but for the, the Gnostics, we talked about that as one of the dangers that, you know, mm. um, it could say, well, the body doesn't really matter. Therefore, you know, what happens to my body, what I do with my body uh, doesn't matter. It's all about what I feel internally. I think uh, I would answer the same in the sense that I think that it's a whole body thing that happens when, when these superheroes get, it's a whole body and soul thing that happens to mm -hmm. them when they get changed. I mean, you look at someone like Bruce Banner who turns into the Incredible Hulk, right? Uh, that's an, uh, something that affects not only his outward appearance, but it also affects his, his soul. It affects who he is, where it, it, in some senses it actually unleashes who he is. Um, through the transformation that he experiences, the sort of pent-up rage that he has. So, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I could see, I mean, with Hulk, I, I could see a little bit of a, a Gnostic thing in that there's two individuals, there's two individuals with the same yeah, body. Yeah, that could be. You could but, you know, but like a lot of what you guys said, I, I totally agree with, especially what you were saying, Father Matt. Like, I think of, like, Spider-Man 
gets, you know, Peter Parker gets bit by the, the spider and instantly he's physically changed. And yet then his journey becomes one of yeah. his mind and soul catching up with the reality of his body. And so it's actually a much more like joining together of the whole person than it is a splitting apart. That's my thought. Anyway. All right. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. It's just fun. Woo!